0: This is fan fiction only. The Origin of ara Lee ra Infamous Twi'lek Bounty Hunter, by Darth Azee. Ara-Li-Ra was on her way home when the stun bolt struck from an alley. The Twi'lek soon found herself lying helpless on the ground, on a deserted road of Kala'un, the capital city of Ryloth. The strike itself was not terribly painful but the panic and fear that filled her in the brief moment before she lost consciousness was excruciating. Who would do this? Why? The answers were all too disturbing to even think of. I can't be taken, she thought inanely. I want to be a pilot! When she regained consciousness, she found herself in a small cell, only a meter square, with a barred door. Her lecu twinged painfully. She must have fallen on them. They twitched, almost of their own accord, as she sat up and struggled to her feet. The distant hum that came to her through the floor and walls sounded like a hyperdrive. She was on board a ship, bound for who-knew-where. Not Hut Space, please, Goddess, not Hut Space. Footsteps echoed on Durasteel, coming closer. A tall, thin Deveronian stepped into view around the corner of the hallway. Ah, you're awake he said, and the smile that split his face was not reassuring. It made her think of a lelek opening its mandibles to swallow her whole. Whoa, <sighs> wha Aralira swallowed, trying to halt her shakes. She was not successful. <wh- why did you take me? The man laughed. It was a harsh, grating sound, lacking of any mirth. Your uncle Totra was quite helpful in advising the best place to catch you. He must be sorely in need of credits. He took my first offer. A sense of betrayal crystallized in her gut, pushing fear aside. He sold me? The slave trader only laughed, coming closer to rest his hands on the bars of her cell. Your hologram didn't really do you justice. I'm going to get more than double what I gave your uncle. She noticed then the small vibroknife on his belt. If she could get him close enough. Oh, she said. Batting her eyes slyly at him, and pushing down the revulsion she felt at the thought of getting any closer to him. Do you want a closer look? The slaver needed no more encouragement. He quickly unlocked the cell door and wrenched it open. Ara Lira took a tentative step forward. The man just watched her. Another step would do it. The vibroknife was within her reach. It slipped from his belt easily the power button starting a dull thrum of sound. What the? exclaimed the Deveronian. He did not have a chance to finish the question. Ara Lira swung wildly, aiming at nothing particularly. The vibroknife was much sharper than she anticipated, sliding through him with little effort. Ara Lira found her hands shaking, but she maintained the presence of mind to switch off the vibroknife before cleaning the blade on the fallen man's pant leg. Still clutching it, she walked up the hall in the direction she had seen him emerge from. A small cockpit lay beyond the turn in the hall, and the blue swirls of hyperspace blazed in the windows. Ara Lira sat in the pilot's seat and quickly switched off the hyperdrive. The stars of normal space jumped back into view. Now what to do? She had been betrayed. By family, no less. Uncle Tatra knew well that she was training to be a pilot, that she dreamed of one day owning her own ship. How dare he sell her? She would kill him. The thought came quickly of its own accord. Lira looked down at the vibro knife still in her hand. The blade, despite her effort to clean it, was still lightly stained with blood. She had already taken one life, what was another? She quickly plotted a course back to Ryloth. When the blue of hyperspace appeared in the windows, she leaned back. After doing what must be done on Ryloth, Aralira swore to herself she would never return again. She was done with it. All that was left was to split her name to show her exile. Arali, she purposefully paused much longer than usual. Ra. Arali. Ra. Ara Lee rose from the pilot's seat and found the refresher. There was one more thing she wanted to do. She had to spoil her looks so no one would ever want to own her again. Opening a medpack, she looked into the mirror and held the vibro knife to her right cheekbone. She did not switch it on, but drug it firmly down against the delicate skin. A soft whimper escaped her lips, but she gritted her teeth and applied gauze from the medpack for a few seconds. When she removed it, the flow of blood had stopped, but a long diagonal gash split the smooth skin of her cheek. It was ugly and it was perfect. Aurelie decided to search the remainder of the ship. There wasn't much more to it, only a small room that seemed to be set up as a bedroom. A quick search found the weapons closet. Jackpot. The Deveronian slave trader had more than enough blasters, detonators, and vibroblades for one person to use. To her surprise, she also found a combat suit that fit her well enough. Slightly big, perhaps, but it would do for the immediate future. Donning the suit and equipping herself with a pair of blaster pistols, she returned to the refresher to have a look in the mirror. Lee's reflection barely resembled the girl who had greeted her in the mirror just that morning. Along with the new scar and clothing, a hardness lurked in her eyes now. Tucking the stained vibroknife—knife knife of first kill, as she thought of it now—into her boot, she returned to the cockpit. It was several minutes before the alarm rang for the drop from hyperspace. She spent them nervously drumming on the console with her long fingers. When the alarm finally rang, she jumped in her seat before yanking the switch. Luckily, the spaceport was busy, as always. The traffic controller only spoke to her long enough to tell her which dock to park her ship in. There were no questions, no awkward stumbling to come up with answers. Lee set the ship down easily and jumped from the pilot's seat. The streets were quiet, though Ryloth did not have true day and night, as the planet never turned and all settlements were underground. Most cities had a schedule by which the inhabitants lived. It was, then, technically nighttime. Good. It would be easier for Aureli to slip in and out without notice. She trotted down the street softly, heading for her uncle's house. Luckily, her uncle lived by himself, and he was unmarried. Uncle Tatra was her father's youngest brother, only a little older than herself. He had been more like an older brother than an uncle to her while she was growing up. How could he do this to her? Aralee had always thought so fondly of her uncle, and she always assumed he felt the same about her. It was obvious now that he thought more of credits than he did of her. She slipped in through an open window. She could hear him snoring as soon as she entered the house. At least he would be easy to find. Aurelie tiptoed into his bedroom, drawing a blaster. She thought better of making so much noise, replaced the blaster in its holster, and drew knife of first kill. A few swipes of her humming vibro-knife left Tatra lifeless. She was surprised at how easily she stole his life. Aurelie quickly ransacked the house, eventually finding a stash of 300 credits attached to the underside of the kitchen table. Had he really sold her for so little? She took the time to carve Betrayer into the doorpost before fleeing the house. Back in the ship she took off, almost ignoring the traffic controller in her haste. But once she was in orbit, she was at a loss for where to go. She took to wandering the ship again. In the bedroom, she discovered a datapad. It appeared to be a journal of the slave trader. In it, he bragged about having a price on his head on Corellia. Apparently, he had kidnapped and sold a governor's daughter. This gave Aurelia thought. She returned to the cockpit, plotted a course to Corellia, and took the jump to hyperspace. She leaned back in the seat, thumbing her chin and thought she had already discovered a natural talent for killing. Perhaps bounty hunting would prove a good career for someone like her.